0: Hello, welcome to the latest episode of You Are My Borough with myself, Tom Shaw, and Scott Wilson, both of the Northern Echo. Apologies for the slight delay between episodes. We said at the start of last week that because I was aware that, that there was going to be a brief break. What we didn't expect was in that brief break, Borough same two players: Chubarak Pont believe. Uh, I suppose the one, the one good thing about that, obviously, is the fact we don't really need to talk too much about that heavy defeat at Coventry, which is uh, which yeah. was a week ago.
1: We're we looking. can gloss. We can gloss over that, thankfully. And I tell you what, if I never have to go back to Coventry's stadium this season, that'll be uh, that'll be enough. I feel like I've seen enough of that place now.
0: I mean, that's a weird stadium, anyway. That, when you're in it, 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 when we were there for the playoff game, we, we, and you walk walk from the press room to the stadium, it feels like you're in anything but a football stadium. It's more of a like shopping complex, hotel. Yeah,
1: foyer, it, like it makes area. me feel you like you're stadium, in the It's um... lovely, isn't it? It makes me feel like you're in the year two at London. You know when you go yeah, in like the yeah. foyer of the O2 and you've got like the big place for the gigs, and then a little bar here and a casino over there, and yeah, that's exactly what it's like. I mean, like you say, once you're in the seats, the actual ground itself is what. On, I think it's you know it's it's quite impressive. It's it's good, but it is a very strange kind of way into a football ground and everything else around it, and obviously. Um, you know, you would imagine from a Coventry fan point of view, not absolutely ideal because it's kind of stuck out in the middle of nowhere on the ring road, isn't it? You, you, I can't imagine you can walk there particularly easily from central Coventry. So, um, so yeah, but you know, I, yeah, a disappointing afternoon for Burrell. I mean, I, I think when we ca- when I came away from that game, and I think when fans came away from that game, it felt like something had to happen. It felt like it was a team. You know, that that was having a rebuild, but that still had an awful lot of work to do. Now, at least now, what a week further on, we, we've got a bit more clarity. We've obviously got two through the door, two was gone, there's a line drawn under that. So, you know, a lot of things that needed to happen have. And so, hopefully, you know, there can be a bit of a fresh start for Borough this weekend. The big disappointment, obviously, is that it's two games in and Borough are sat at the bottom of the table and they're playing catch up already. So, and, um, you know, that's clearly not ideal, but it, but at least some of the business is now being done, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, let's talk about that ACPOM deal first Then 12.3 million euros rising to, to just over 14, Ajax confirmed in a statement. Um, like you said there, Borough Bur- Bur- needed clarity, didn't they, one way or another? And 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 the, the beauty of it is, or the good thing about it is, it comes a couple of weeks before the deadline rather than a couple of days before it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's some move for ACPOM, isn't it?
1: I think I think it's a deal that kind of suits everyone, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I've seen Bur- I've seen some Borough fans um, kind of complaining about the price and pointing out the fact that Yacarez went for what twenty million this summer, and Akpom obviously outscored him in the championship last year. But I think that given that Akpom's gone into the last year of his contract, given that we know that for all he had a fantastic season last year, he'd had four or five seasons before that where you wondered where on earth his career was going, whether it was at Borough, whether it was at Greece, whether it was back on Greece and loan. So, you know, take all of that in the round. And I think to get 14 million euros for him, what's that, you know, between 12, 13 million pound. I think, that's, I think that's pretty good going for Borough, really. I think Borough had to do that. And, and for, like you say, from Tuba's point of view, the chance to go and be the star man at Ajax is incredible, really. You know, I mean, one of the great teams of Europe. For all that, you know, their fortunes do go a bit up and down. And and obviously, they didn't win the Dutch League last year. That You know, they're still one of the iconic European teams and names, aren't they? So, yeah, what a chance for ACPOM. Um, and, and, and I think, in, you know, in the end, a deal that Borough had to do. And it had become... Very obvious, certainly by last weekend at Coventry, that the die was cast. He wasn't going to be signing a new deal. He wasn't going to be staying at Borough. You know, it needed a line drawn under it. And at least that's happened now.
0: And, and I mean, I know, I know we've made this point, And we made this point on numerous occasions last year when he was scoring all the goals. But the, the idea of Akpom getting this move for that amount of money 12 months ago, is just, is just absolutely staggering. And and like you say, the, the point, I, I think that's a good price. I think that's a good price for Borough, for a player who, let's be honest, has, has had one good season. And that's not us being wise after the event. We've made that point, haven't we, numerous yeah, times yeah, yeah, yeah. over the summer, that that was kind of the balance that Borough had to strike, really. This isn't a player who scored 30 goals for three or four seasons. And, a player who's had one good, well, excellent season, going into the last year of his contract. Um, like you say, when it became pretty clear, really, that he was going to go. I, I agree. I think. I think it suits all parties. Um, I mean, obvi- the obvious caveat there is, is, is that's if Borough replace him, uh, and, and he's going to, he's going to need some replacing. That we'll get onto that. But I, I think the other thing is, um, you see, fans of all clubs, not just Borough, talking about the models of, of Brighton and Brentford and, you know, we want to do what Brighton and Brentford do. Well, part of the beauty of, of the success of clubs like Brighton and Brentford is the know when to sell players. Yeah. Now I know this is slightly different because Borough's hand was forced to an extent um, with, with um, the contract situation. But If you look over the course of last year, Borough struck at the right time to get a deal for Jed Spence last summer. When you look at what, what's happened to him yeah. since. Um, Marcus and I know obviously Tav has best years ahead of him and he had a good year at Bournemouth, but still seemed a good price at the time. Um, and we now know that Burr had Hayden Hackney coming through, although that happened, um, you know, that, that wouldn't have happened obviously without the managerial change. And now Akpom as well. Um, the key is, and, and, and where Brighton and Brentford and other clubs like that have been hugely successful is, is they've found replacements, haven't they? And they've always managed to find the yeah. next player. And and that's the challenge for Borough, isn't it? When you look at the forward line, we're going to talk about the players who've come in, but um, it looks like a good deal. It looks like a deal that suits all parties, but now you need to replace and and, and and find a system that works in that forward line again.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, two things on that. One is... You know, in an ideal, you talk about Brighton and Brentford, then, you know, and you make some really good points, I think. And and, and in an ideal circumstance, you know, a club shouldn't be getting into a scenario where their key player is going into the last year of their contract, not tied down and with their future uncertain. Where I think you've got to give Borough a pass on this, though, is at no stage Mm. prior to probably Christmas onwards would you have ever conceived of giving Tuberak Pom a new long-term contract or what he was on? Because it just was unthinkable up until Carrick arrived and his fortunes pretty much changed at a stroke. So, you know, whereas some clubs, and and Borough have been guilty of this in the past, have rightly been criticised for not getting themselves sorted and getting key players tied down. I don't think you can level that at Borough this time just because of, Tu- Tuba's past record before last season. Now, moving forward, yeah, you're absolutely right. What did they do now? I mean, you look at it and think, you know, yes, Latalat's come in and we'll we'll talk about him in a second, but but you know, that that really was to replace Archer who left at the end of last season as a number nine. So Tuba's departure has left a whole new gap at number 10. Surely they better have to bring in someone and and someone with a certain degree of pedigree to replace him. Now, that question was put to Michael Carrick yesterday at his press conference. Um, It was put to him, actually, by Rob Law from uh, BBC Tees. And um, Carrick's answer was fairly non-committal. He he kind of said, look, the window's open. Um, You know, we're we're always kind of looking at things right up until the end of the window. If there's something that comes up and when we feel it's right for the club, we'll, we'll, we'll go for it. But... We have, we have options in the forward line. We have players there who can do different things in different roles. Replacing Tuba Akpom is not simply a case of replacing like-for-like like because it's really hard to do that. You might have to do things a little bit differently now he's not in the side. So there's a lot there, isn't there? I mean, you know, he didn't say, no, we're not going to replace Tuba pom But he certainly didn't say, we need that signing. Now, that's not really Carrick's style. And to be fair, he's not really done that all summer. So, you know, maybe there are, there is talks going on and maybe there are targets and options there and things in the pipeline. But it doesn't sound definitive as of yet. And that would be a worry, I think, because, they, they need you know, Beren needs someone in that key creative attacker midfield role now assuming that they're going to continue playing the formation that Carrick's played pretty much from day one.
0: Yeah, I mean it feels to me even even before the arrival of of Lattie Lath you, you you looked and felt Borough probably needed two strikers especially if Josh Coburn's going to go on loan which which is likely isn't it. Um so so it still feels to me like Borough need another striker on top of on top of Lath oh, I I oh, that's a huge burden to to put on him isn't it. Um and and, and Akapom on top of that surely needs replace it. now. Borough have Borough have players who can play at number 10, don't they? I suspect we haven't seen it yet, but I suspect Rogers could play there, Gilbert yeah. could play there. Um, yeah. I'm sure Riley McGree. McGree could, Riley McGree could move inside. We've seen this player, although it doesn't, he's
1: obviously done it, not, yeah. not to effect, but can, yeah. So you're right, there are the up-
0: right, can play there, but but but. But it, it's a huge—that's a big ask and a big gamble, isn't it, to 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 lose mm. your best player and to to try and replace him? I'd I'd be amazed if Borough didn't bring in a, a another player. Now it might be that you know I'm saying that I'm sitting there I feel like Borough still need another striker and a number ten. It might be that they bring in someone who who can do both, who, who's a number ten but could also play as, as as more of a line leader, and then that gives Carrick options because. We know he, he's got Crooks who can play up front. Obviously, we've seen Rogers play up there. He can move force back up there. Although, still feels like if, if he was going to do that, he'd have done it in the last few weeks when he hasn't actually had an out and out striker. Um, yeah. But but I, I, I think this, I, I'd be I'd be staggered if if another forward.
1: Yeah.
0: Whether that's a striker, but but even a direct replacement, I'd be staggered if an if an Akpom replacement didn't come in.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. It, it feels, you know, way, way, way too light to be going in with what they've got. Like you say, not necessarily numerically, because, you know, there are players there. And, and as Carrick rightly says, there's players who probably could play as a nine if pushed, could play as a 10, could play wide if needs be. But, you know, what you don't have is that 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 one player who you feel is, you know, absolutely ready to step up and not necessarily replace the goals two were brought last season, but be that focal point of the attack, be that key creator. Italians, man, really?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, yeah. Be, the, be the man who's going to take the mantle and, and yes, score, but also supply things, set things up, make the runs that Tuba was making last season. You know, I, I don't see that player in the squad at the moment. So I think there definitely is a need to bring him in. Now, like everything, you know, the headline is the borough of sold Tuba Akpon for €14 million. Euros, as we know from previous deals that doesn't translate in having 14 million euros there to be able to spend on a replacement because it will be a staggered deal. We know that 2 million of that is, is is incentivized. And as I said, the the payments will almost certainly be spread out pretty much over the course of the contract, which I think was five years. I'm right in saying so, you know, but don't have 14 million in their back pocket to go out and sign someone, but there will be money there. There has to be money there. Um, and you know it, it feels like there definitely needs to be another forward comes in before the end of the month I think there will be
0: Yeah I agree on, on the one who has come in then Latte Lath um, obviously you've covered that story this week while I've been away he comes mm. in as 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 the line leading striker that clearly Borough have needed since George, Since um, sorry, Cameron Archer uh, headed back to Aston Villa last summer what What do you know about Lath and what, and what do you think he'll offer Borough
1: so in terms of what do we know he's got a, his background is very interesting because he born in the Ivory Coast um like a lot of kind of talented african players was on the on the kind of um radar of a whole host of european scouts went to atalanta as a as a teenager i think it was about 15 when he went over there um, started really brightly um made his debut for atalanta in the coppa italia i think he it, it was either 16 or 17 um Scored against Juventus as a teenager, and then for whatever reason, just never progressed into Atlanta's senior setup. Went out on a whole oster loans. I think it was six different loans in the Italian lower leagues in Serie B and C to various different levels of effect. Um and then last season went to the Swiss top flight with San Gallen and had by far and away his best season, um, in terms of goal scoring, assists, and number of games played. So um, you know, I think I think that season, Borough will feel has been the making of him and, and got him to a position where he's ready to, to, to play in the Championship. Um, time will tell, won't it, whether their judgment's correct or not. I mean, in terms of what he is, it was interesting. The club did um, a, 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 an interview with him the day after he, he arrived and um, he kind of couldn't get out there quickly enough that he sees himself as a number nine. Yes, he can play wide. Yes, he can do this, but... I am a number nine, he said. You know, I'm, I am here to score goals. So, that, you know, let's see let's see how that works out. I mean, you know, that's how he's going to be used. He, he will be the central striker. Um, he's played for Atalanta pretty much right through preseason, or at least he's been in training with them all the way pre- through preseason. I think we'll get on to the team for the Huddersfield game in a minute. I have a feeling that Carrick might well pitch both the new signings straight in on Saturday because I think, I think he'll feel that you know ready to do that, um, and like we say, it's not as if the players who have been filling those roles have been pulling up trees in either of the two games so far. So I think we'll probably get an early sight of him on Saturday and an early chance to look at what he's capable of. But um, you know, he he's probably actually from 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 what you hear from him, from the the, the size and, and the physical nature of him from. The little bits that you see on YouTube of the way that he's been playing, he's probably actually more of a natural number nine than Archer was in right. terms of, you know, being a an out-and-out out number nine. So um, I think that'll be interesting to see.
0: And Lucas Engels, I mean, left back was clearly the other priority area, wasn't it? Hayden Coulson yes. um, come in, obviously played pre-season, played the start of the season. We, we, we've we talked in the past, haven't we, about kind of what made Coulson's job all the more difficult, was he was being judged against the league's best left back, yeah. one of the league's best attackers and, and creative forces last season. Um, but the same will be said for Engels, the the huge, huge shoes to fill, aren't they?
1: Yes, they are, and I, but I, 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 you know, I, I thought it was interesting that both with Engel, um, his his first interview himself and, and what Michael Carrick was saying at his press conference yesterday, um, you know, the focus from right the way through really around this has been he is an attack-minded fullback. Um, he actually started his career as a winger. He, he, he was a winger for most of his time before he went to Silkeborg about where, where are we now, just over two years ago. Um, and it's really only during his time at Silkeborg where he's gone from being a left winger to a left wing back, then a left back. Um, and, uh, you know, he's clearly someone who likes to get on the front foot, uh, create, get assists, deliver crosses, etc., cetera, et cetera. Now, um, the beauty with Giles last season, as we alluded to on a few of these vids, was that he did all that, but actually he didn't get undone defensively that much either. yes defensively might have been the weaker part of his game, but there weren't too many games where you were looking at Giles and thinking, goodness me, he's had a right going over defensively there, one or two over the course of the season, maybe. So Engel is going to have to prove that he can get that side of his game right in the Championship, because for all that he'll be bombing forward, he's still going to be in a four-man defence. Carrick's not going to go at five at the back. He's going to be playing as a left-back. So he's going to have to prove that he can defend in the Championship. But from what you hear from him and from what you hear from Borough, both on the record and off the record, I think there's an excitement about what he can do going forward. And so I think he'll, you know, they feel that it'll be the closest possible thing to starting to deliver so much of what Giles was delivering for Borough last season. Um and and you know, whether it's McNair or Smith at right back, that immediately should provide a bit more balance to this Borough team because at least you'll have an attack and threat down one of those flanks when you know, for all that Coulson has tried to get forward. In the first two league games, there hasn't been anything like the threat from wide that there was last season. Hopefully, Engel will help to um to remedy that.
0: Yeah, and I think what's made life even more difficult for Colson is last year there was that we, we saw how it worked, um in that uh, Giles had the had the kind of license to to bomb on and and Smith, who was clearly more defensively minded, and then took in and it almost became a back three, whereas because because um McNair had to, has had to play at right back because of Smith and Dyke Steele's injury it's just changed the dynamic completely hasn't it and yes. I think the other thing as well is Giles and McGree had such a good understanding down that left side didn't the last last week now last season now I know obviously Carrick changed it at Coventry and and um and McGree was dropped but I still think most weeks, if you're picking Borough's best team, McGree starts on that left side, and and if Engel and McGree can can strike up a relationship anything like Giles and McGree did last season, then 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 that's a real boost because I thought they were a real force down that side. They just seemed to have an understanding, didn't they? Just it just worked.
1: Yeah, they did, and and. I, th- I think I think McGree is a better fit for an attack-minded fullback than probably Silvera will be. I mean, Silvera obviously came in um at Coventry and has looked exciting in pre-season, but probably suits playing with a defensive-minded fullback because he's not necessarily gonna slot back and drop in if the fullback is really bombing on. Now, McGree did that last season and and like you say, his positional awareness as much as anything allowed Giles to pretty much attack at abandon with abandon. So yeah, I, I agree. I think Silvera will 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 um will you know undoubtedly have a big role to play this season and looks a really exciting prospect. But if Engel is the type of player that we think he is, then I suspect McGree will be there to to dovetail with him. Yeah.
0: Couple of weeks to go then till the deadline. What what do we reckon? we're going to be looking for and at. We've, we've obviously talked about up front, whether bringing a striker and a number 10 or someone who can do a bit of both. Um, the only other position, really, that we've talked about and, and and I've seen players link this week is is in midfield. you still think maybe one light there?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you know, there was the talk, wasn't there, of a right back with Smith, Smith and Dykes deal out. But I can kind of see Carrick's thinking that actually, you know, as long as they get back reasonably soon, then you you've actually got three right backs if McNair's can slot in there as well. So you don't really need a fourth, do you? Um, so I can kind of see that, although you know it would have been nice to have another alternative option at the moment, I think. But yeah, I think central midfield is the area because as we've seen, um, when Housen's been, you know, just <laughs> easing his way back at the start of the season, um, it's had to be Hackney and bar because there's not really anybody else, is there? So, um, you know, if one of them was to be out for a real long-term spell, then I think you would want someone else to provide an option and a, and a greater degree of security in there. So, yeah, they would be my guesses. A, a, like you know, like we've been saying, a, an attack-minded player primarily to replace Akpom, but potentially that can also play as a nine and a central midfielder, probably on loan. And they would be my two guesses. Uh, the, The wild card, sorry, the wild card is if a Premier League loan came on the, in the last week, you know, if, if Man United got in touch with them and said, look, does Michael Carrick fancy one of our youngsters, the 70 that we want to get out on the last week. Um, that's, you know, that that's an, that's a one extra, isn't it? That's a, that's a nice thing to have rather than something at this stage you need. Um, but I think that's a possibility because, as we saw last season, Borough were pretty adept, to be fair to them, at moving quite quickly in that last week um, in January to you know to get to get what they did. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think if if, a, if an if an appealing Premier League loan became available in that le- that last week, kind of wherever it is on the pitch, really, I think Borough would be interested and think, okay, well, we can top up with that. So that's one to watch, but. Um, clearly the the, the the number 10, you would think ideally you'd, you'd, you'd want the permanent in there, wouldn't you?
0: And just on the subject of loans, obviously we've talked at length about Aaron Ramsey and, and Cameron Archer. And earlier in the summer, Unai Emery had said pretty firmly really that he planned to keep Cameron Archer around, but now there's strong suggestions that Villa would be would be willing to cash in and, and do what what, what reportedly they have done with the Aaron Ramsey deal and insert a buyback clause. Mm. Um, I mean, it'd be a surprise, I think, if if they if they cashed in on on Archer permanently. Um, you would imagine there'd be Premier League clubs would be willing to take him on loan for a season, but yeah, suppose it's a surprise with um, a
1: With Villa, you know, as we've said all the way through, with Villa having Conference League, I'm yeah. surprised that um that Archer's not not part of that equation because, you know. You watch West Ham in that conference league last season, and with the greatest win in the world, the group stage is probably about on a par with the championship. So, Archer, I think, could quite put, you know quite happily start the Villa in all of those group games if he wanted to rest, say, Oli Watkins. But, yeah, it, you know, the noises are that he is going to be going, which I do find quite surprising. Sheffield United, you would think, probably. A lot of the noises when they didn't go in for AkPOm was, well, you know, it, Archer's the one they're now looking at. So, could probably see that.
0: Just before we talk about um Huddersfield, you mentioned there about midfield and we've talked about number 10. Martin Piero was still probably know we, we don't probably know much more about Piero and his makeup in this borough team than we did when he came back. does it does an exit for Piero still make sense this summer if the opportunity presents itself? Because he's played more as a number ten, but games have passed him by. Um, you know it. Yeah. If, if, if Parrick saw him as a midfielder, would he have tried him there? Would he have used him there? The, I think the we have game? learned
1: a little bit more than when he first came. And I think what we've learned is that he's not going to be a regular starter in Michael Carrick's Borough team. I, th- I think if that was going to happen, um, we would have seen a lot more of him. He would have been a lot more prominent. He would have been influencing games when he has had the chance more. And... He he would have been on in, in in some way, shape, or form in the first two league games. Um I think the fact that he is really no higher up the pick and order now than when he first came back, or even when he was here under Wilder, um says to me that that he's not gonna break in and, and be a key figure in this borough team this season. So with that in mind I think Burra probably will look to move him on again yeah whether that be permanent in an ideal world or even you know another loan if it has to be that I I I don't see him figuring prominently in a Michael Carrick Burra team I, you know I, like I say I, I think if that was going to happen he'd be a lot further down the line with it than he clearly is at the minute so he's one that I would I would I'd be fairly surprised if he was still here after the end of the transfer window put it like that
0: Huddersfield then um, Neil Warnock it, it
1: again. Feels,
0: it, fe- yeah, it feels even at this early stage like a big game.
1: It does. It does, and I mean that is just a, a kind of natural consequence of having lost your opening two league matches. Um, now you know. There's been mitigating factors in both of those, namely that Borough have come up against teams that hasn't, you know, are quite rare. I think they'll both probably be in and around the playoff mix come the end of the season. The signings obviously hadn't come through the door. So, yes, there are excuses. But the, the reality is that Borough are 24th in the table, albeit only after two matches, but with no points and no goals. Um, They now come up against a side at home, that for all Neil Warnock's done great things, for all they rallied really well last season, you would fully expect Huddersfield to be finishing in the bottom third of the table this season, if not scrapping against relegation again. So, you know, on paper, this is the ideal opportunity for Borough to get that first win on the board and really kickstart things. Hopefully that's what happens. If it doesn't and it becomes no points or one point from three games, then you're getting a bit further down the line of where this is becoming a problem now, you know what I mean? So I, I think it is, I think it is a big game because the Akpum situation is resolved. There's positivity with the two new signings. Like I say, I I think they might both well start. Um, I think Engel will certainly start because he's been playing for Silkeborg in competitive matches. So I think he will definitely start. laugh slightly less certain, but, but I suspect he will. So, you know there'll be a bit of excitement, there'll be a feel good factor. It's a chance to draw a line under you know what has been a, a, a pretty poor start of the season so far and really get things going. Um, and I think Borough will do that in fairness. I, I think Borough will have too much for for Field. Uh, you, you were obviously there when they beat them in the cup. Now, Carrick was saying yesterday, you know, the styles of the two teams won't change very much, but clearly the personnel will, and it's just different because it's a championship game. Um, yeah, I take all that in board, but I still think fundamentally Middlesbrough are a better side than Huddersfield and all things being equal should win the game tomorrow.
0: The the game, the cup game there last week, a couple of weeks ago, and the league game last season, which is still remarkable really to think how Borough imploded in that 10 minutes yeah. because the first half was just a training game. But although completely completely different teams in that um, Huddersfield had made 10 changes for that cup game a week ago. The the way the game played out was, was very similar in that Huddersfield were just deep and just out basically, you know, come on then pick the lock that try and break us down in both games. um, Borough's centre halves were various stages in the middle of Huddersfield's half um, with, with all players in front of them, you know, just, just, know the 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 movement and the challenge is to break Mm. them down it feels like one of those games i I know cliche straight away but it's that first goal isn't it it feels like if borough if borough get that first goal i can't see anything other than a than a convincing win um but you know what you're going to get from you know warnock's going to come to frustrate and 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 you know the the He'll it, it, be unapologetic about that, won't he? He won't. He won't try and do anything other than that. He'll be yeah, and to, and to make life difficult for Borough, we know. We know exactly what to expect.
1: And if, if the game is like that, which I'm, I'm like you, I fully suspect it will be. Then I think if if Latallat starts, it'll be interesting to see who Carrick plays as the ten. I've gone for Rogers in that team just because I think that's where ultimately he will end up. Um, you could play Crooks there again, but. You know, I'm not sure he's got the, the finesse or the or the real creative vision if if, if Hoodersfield are effectively just stringing two branks of four pretty much in and around the edge of their eighteen yard box. Rogers, we don't really know. We, we we saw little bits in the Coventry game that, you know, he can run from deep at players with the ball and cause a problem. Quite what he's like in a tight, confined space of picking a pass will be interesting. Maybe McGree there would be an option in a game like this. He Carrick hasn't really played him there that much and yet I think in terms of, you know, energy and, and passing ability, McGree probably is, might well be at the minute the best bet they've got as a 10, but I, I do wonder if he'll play Rogers there. But whoever's there, I suspect, will be important tomorrow because, like you say, I think there'll be an awful lot of defenders in and around that Huddersfield 18-yard box that you're going to have to pick your way through.
0: It, an awful lot of change. Huddersfield, it was nil-nil, wasn't it, when Huddersfield came to Borough Last season, yeah, that was when,
1: the, Leo, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, when both teams were were bottom and second bottom, I think Mark Fotheringham was in charge at yeah. Huddersfield at the time. Yeah. Um, at that stage, you know, well, I mean, Huddersfield, when Warnock went in, I, I said at the time it felt like Warnock's biggest challenge, and I still mm-hmm. think you know, the, the money mani- the way that he managed to keep them up and to keep them up comfortably really was. Was, was a staggering achievement. Do you, do you think he'll get a good reception? It's his first return to the Riverside tomorrow. Borough fans were having some fun with him last week. Um, yes. You know, Warnock, give us a wave. Warnock, what's the score? But then at full time, you know, he was straight over to them applause. It's his first return to the Riverside, it's kind of classic Warnock in his pre-match presser this week. But when all of just settles and he gets down there pitch side, do you expect him to get a good reception?
1: I think he will. I, th- I think. I think he will when he first goes out, and I think he will at the end of the game once everything's done and dusted, and he applauds the fans. Now, obviously, what happens in the ninety minutes will be dependent a bit on the result. I think if Borough are winning, they'll probably be a bit of war not war up What's the score when he's out there and war not give us a wave. If if they're getting beat, then. I Would imagine there'll be a fair bit of chuntering because he'll probably be in the referees. Yeah, no doubt Huddersfield will be time wasted and there'll be 25 minutes of added time or something ridiculous like that, and it will all get a bit fractious. But um, but no, I, I expect at the start and the end of the game that he'll get a really good reception. And he deserves it because um, you know, he, he kept Borough up not quite in as dire a straits as Huddersfield were in last season, but in pretty bloom and dire straits that first season when he came in, and then obviously guiding them through the whole COVID thing and, you know, had a really, uh, you know, a really tight relationship with the fans. And I, I think there's a lot of respect for what he did with Borough.
0: And I think, you know, I know I know, he, he, he laps up the idea of being the pantomime villain, doesn't he? And he, and he loves going to places and, and getting the stick. But he talked at length, didn't he, about when he when he was on here with us about how much the reception he got when he came back to the town hall as part yeah. of his tour, and he was blown away by the reception there, and almost told about he was a bit surprised by it really. So, although Warnock will be Warnock, it'd mean a lot to him, wouldn't it, if he gets if he gets a good reception there? Yeah,
1: I I think he'd be hurt if he didn't. And I think he'd be right to be hurt if he didn't, because like you know, for all the reasons I outlined before, I think he definitely deserves it, and I think Borough fans know that, and I think they see that, and you know, he's a likable character, isn't he? Especially when he's been with your club. I understand why if he's you know if he's just someone who's constantly wound up your club, you know, he can get up people's kind of um, get their backs up. But but no, I, I you know, Borough fans have to. Have to have a, a lot of admiration and respect for the job Neil Warnock did while in charge at, at, at them at the Riverside, and I'm sure we'll get a good reception.
0: Do you think he'll leave disappointed? What 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 are your going prediction? Yeah, I
1: do. I do think Borough will win. I, I you know I I take on board you know everything you've said about about Huddersfield just you know effectively trying to spoil and keep it tight, but I think Borough will just have too much for them. Um, I'd, I'd I'd like to see Isaiah Jones play because I think it's it's important that they've got some kind of a wide threat. Oh, nice. um, yeah. He, he didn't have a great game against Coventry, really, but I think he's a better bet tomorrow than Force if, if Huddersfield are just going to sit back and invite Borough on. So I think Borough will win. I think three nil. I think it might be, you know, a, a result and a performance that genuinely does get the season up and running a bit. I hope I'm right.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think if Boric can get that first goal, especially in the first half, I agree, I could see a, a 2 or 3 nil win. He is hoping. Um, well, I'm there tomorrow, so we'll have all the uh, all build-up on the blog, followed by, obviously, all the reaction and analysis over the course of the weekend. Um, and then we'll be back next week. Scott's away, but I'll be back next week with a video with a, with a special guest or two over the next couple of weeks uh, to discuss all things borough and the games and transfers and the lead up to the deadline um but also some interviews with with guests as well so stick with us as we say obviously if you watch on youtube then then subscribe um and leave a comment and get in touch if you listen on podcasts then obviously rate and uh, and leave a review as well thanks for watching thanks for listening enjoy the game on saturday and enjoy your weekend